It's good to be with you this morning. I don't know that I've ever, I can't remember how many times I've been to this church. I know I did VBS one time. I don't know if I got invited back. I was an ADHD kid, so I was always hyper and stuff, so they probably didn't want me back. But it's good to see you here this morning. It's been a while since I preached. I had, uh, back in October, I resigned uh, at Thrasher Baptist Church and uh, took some time to be with my family, and I have just thoroughly enjoyed just being with my family. I can always tell when I walk in a Baptist church because the back's loaded back there. So uh, that's, I mean, we're good Baptists when we do that. And so when I got the call to, to come speak, I, I, I said yes because I, I feel like when I surrender the ministry that God's called me to preach. And so any opportunity that I get, I don't want to turn down because I, uh, I don't want to do something that the Lord's not called me to do or whatever. But I, I just I'm thoroughly thankful that Brother Jeremy had called me and uh, I'm so uh, eager to share with you this morning. I, I'll really tell you, I, I've, I've only got a few points. And we're not going to be here long because I feel like the message is an encouraging message that uh, the Lord's led in my heart. The question I want to ask you this morning is, what are you doing? Now, when I ask my kids, what are you doing? They're in trouble because we know as children, if they get quiet or they're not where they're supposed to be, they're doing something wrong. And so the response to that question, I already know they're in trouble. I just want to hear them say what they've been doing. But I'm asking you this morning, what are you doing? And spiritually, what are you doing? I was asked this question two months ago, and I cannot get it off my mind. With the wake of all the revivals that are happening across America, with the, the, the movement that's happening, God's working, I'm asking you, this church this morning, what are you doing? And, and some of you look at me like, well, what are you doing? So this, I've been asked this question several times. You know, I always wondered what a head trimmer would do if you stopped it with your hand. Now I know. I know. And, and so, in thinking of this question this morning, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 1. In Romans chapter 1, we see Paul's letter uh, to Rome, and, and it's a unique letter. It's a great letter. If, if, if you've been around BBS or Vacation Bible School or any kind of evangelism explosion, you'll know that the Romans road is normally where we go. So this, this letter that Paul writes to the, the church at Rome is very important. If you can go with me to, to verse 14, we'll start reading there. We'll read three verses. It says, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Let's pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you on a dreary Sunday we can come worship your holy name. Lord, I thank you for the work that you've done in my life and my family's life. Lord, I thank you for this church. Lord, I pray as they are considering moving forward, Lord, you would give the guidance and discernment and wisdom that they need to move forward as you would have them move. Lord, we love you. Take this word this morning and just use it. Lord, just magnify our lives with it. Lord, I pray that it would change our lives, our focus, and point it towards you. It's in your name I ask these things. Amen. Growing up as a little boy, I, I was always in church. My granddad was a pastor, and, and I was a little boy that liked to eat. And I always liked to go with my granddad when he would travel to churches, because that means we was going to eat. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. If, if a, a preacher traveled in, 
There was a fellowship meal in the back. I didn't come to hear Granddad preach. I came for the banana pudding that was in the back. I always look forward to that opportunity. I always look forward to going with my granddad. I grew up in church. I heard the gospel. I heard it preached and preached and preached and preached. And let me tell you that the day that I gave my life to Christ was the day that my life changed. It changed my thoughts. It changed my heart. It changed my mind. It changed the way that I did things. It changed my family. And here's what I'm asking you this morning. What are you doing in your walk with Christ? Are you telling your story? I, my, my favorite hymn, and you're going to know it, is Victory in Jesus. Because there is victory in Jesus. Like, I know that a man can be healed by the power of Jesus Christ, right? If you're with me, say amen. You, I, I, believe, I believe that Jesus Christ can take an old, vile sinner, an adulterating, drunk, drunkard of a man that cusses like a sailor, and change him immediately. If you don't believe that this morning, we need to talk. Because I've seen it firsthand. The power that is in Jesus Christ's name. And if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have a story to tell. And so when we're talking about what are you doing, I bring, I reference Paul's letter to Rome for, for three reasons. Number one, Paul says, I am obligated. I am indebted to come to you, to come speak to you, to both the Greeks and the Jews, and the wise and the unwise. Let me tell you, church, this morning. When Jesus gave the Great Commission, it was not a suggestion. It was an imperative statement that as you are going to make disciples, as you are the body of Christ, you are to make disciples, make disciples to those around you. You may not like everybody you meet. It's a newsflash for you this morning. You may not like everybody. God calls us to love our neighbors. God calls us to love other people. God calls us that if you are a Christian this morning, you are told to tell your story. Go make disciples. That is hard for us. That is hard for us because it's outside of our comfort zone, right? It is hard to go up and witness to somebody because it's not something that we're used to doing. Now, I can talk your head off. I can, we could just sit here for hours and I can share stories and stories and stories. But that's not sharing the gospel. The gospel, the euangelion, which is the, the, the Greek word, is the good message. <clears throat> Let me tell you, there's nothing good about me right here other than the day that I gave my life to Christ, I surrendered myself to him. That's the good that is in us. That's Jesus Christ. And so when Paul says, I am obligated, look, brother, you're in debt. Jesus paid a debt on the cross. We're getting closer to the cross now because Easter's coming. Jesus paid a debt on the cross. Our duty as believers is to keep sharing the gospel. The gospel must not die. It can't die because Jesus is coming again one day. I'm in awe of how the revivals have started at these universities, at Asbury and Blue Mountain and all these other colleges. Because every great revival movement didn't start in the senior adult group. It started in the young people. It started in the young people. And let me tell you, there, there, there's 400 years in this Bible that people stop sharing their story. They stop telling folks of what happened. And that generation never knew. Some of the greatest times that I ever had as a young person was sitting down with my granddad and asking him why he did what he did. Why do you do the things that you do? Why do you preach the message that you preach? 
It's because he had a life-changing moment. And so for us, if we've had that life-changing moment, we're indebted to share our story. Like, we, we should want to go tell people about Jesus. One of the things that, that I regret so far in my life is that I, I haven't shared enough. I haven't went personally one-on-one and witnessed enough. I'm telling you that this morning, church, to understand that just because you preach doesn't mean you're good at, at witnessing. But Paul writes this to the church at Rome because he wants them to know. I don't care if you're black, white, Puerto Rican, Asian. It doesn't matter because the good news of the gospel is that Jesus saves. And that's the testimony that we have as believers this morning. Now, not only are we indebted to sharing the gospel, we're, we should also be excited. Now, there's a few things that get me excited in life. Number one, when my kids listen. My kids listen, I get excited. My wife's giving me the smirk face. Because that means I'm a big kid too. So she's like, I, I get excited when he listens, but I don't listen very much. So I get excited about a few things. Number two is ice cream. I love ice cream. I, I don't know. I'm infatuated with it. I could just go work for Bluebell Ice Cream Company tomorrow because I love ice cream. I get excited when it's ice cream Sunday. Like I, I normally eat ice cream every Sunday. I get excited about those things. I also get excited when our bills are paid. Amen. Like when that's paid. Amen. I, I get excited about that. And so even in that excitement, it, I'm just aroused by the opportunity to like either eat the ice cream or my kids have done good, our house is clean, our bills are paid. But there's a different eagerness when we talk about the love of Jesus Christ. The reason that Paul was eager to preach the gospel, if you remember, he was persecuting Christians before we came to know Christ. It wasn't some big evangelist that come and spoke to him. No, he had a great awakening on the road to Damascus. And, and Jesus showed his, his face in the light and blinded him. Paul didn't have somebody to kind of take him alongside of him and, and, and guide him. No, he figured it out on his own. And he wanted to tell the story. Now, I'm telling you this morning, all this to say, that the day that I give, gave my life to Christ, here's what happened. I called everybody in my cell phone and told them what happened. I told him what happened. I told him, hey, I gave my life to Christ. And I got a bunch of attaboy and yeah, good, good for you. And, and, and man, that's great. That's awesome. But where's that fire? Where's that fire? Where's it at? Where's it at? Here's the problem. That when we give our life to Christ and we've got this eagerness about us, over time, whether it's stress, anxiety, uh, life, threatening things, things happen in your life, you cut your hands with a head shimmer, whatever it may be, we let those things overshadow the fact of what Jesus has done in our life. We, those things take the place of. And so we lose a little bit of that fire. We lose a bit, little bit of that ex excitement. And just when you think that, I, I just, I, I don't know if I'm going to get back, you see souls being saved. And if they don't light your fire, something is wrong. I get so excited, even if it's a seven-year-old kid coming down the aisle to come to know Jesus Christ because I know that God can do a work in a 60-year-old man or he can do a work in an eight-year-old little girl, whatever it may be, God's still working and God's still moving. And so there should be an eagerness. So when I ask you what are you doing in your life, there should be an eagerness to go share and tell your story 
And, and maybe it's not in the elaborate store. Maybe it's just you walked the aisle one day and, and gave your life to Christ. Can I remind you this morning that if you walked the aisle, gave your life to Christ, you were dead in your sins right where you were. The moment that you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, here's what happened. A new man awoke. A new man awoke. You busted out of that grave, and now you are a new creation with new blood going in your DNA, new blood pumping through your veins, a new thought process, new mindset. That is something worth getting excited about. Not only are we indebted to, to, to share our story, and not only should we be excited to keep telling our story, this last one, this last one, we should not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, 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 I've been around this. I've seen this several times. You, we get on fire right here, right here in the church or right here in this community, and it goes no further because we're scared. We're a little nervous. We're a little nervous. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to, how to approach people. We don't know how to share the gospel. It is super simple. One way you can share the gospel is by living your life for Christ. You shouldn't have to say a word. Your life should be so edifying to Christ that it is an example of what Jesus has done in your life. That's number one. Number two, we should be able to take the scenarios that we've been in life and share those. So when Paul says, uh, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, he's basically saying this, that I know that I'm indebted for this, and I know I'm excited to tell you, because Jesus saves everyone. I love Adrian Rogers. He said, the whosoever wills. That's everybody. Because when God says, for God so loved the world, that's everybody. That's cosmos. That's everything. He loved us all. I don't know why sometimes. I look in the mirror. I, which I had hair before I got married. So, just do the math. I had hair before I got married. So I look in the mirror every day, and I'm like, there's a bald guy staring back at me. And I have to ask my question, what are you doing? Are you leading this family? Are you, are you leading this family? Are you guiding your family? All right, sometimes I don't check that box. Are, are you being a good steward? Are, are you tithing? Are you doing what you're supposed to do? Sometimes I don't check that box. I have to examine myself that. That's why Paul, when he wrote, I die daily, it's because i got to die to the old man daily. Because I'm telling you, just because you become a Christian doesn't mean that things ain't going to happen. Doesn't mean that it's going to be all cupcakes and roses. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. There's going to be days that you want to give up, but you can't give up because Paul says, I'm not ashamed because of the power of the gospel. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives within us. And we should want to tell people about that. We should want to share with people about that. It, it, it's an exciting thing. And so if we want to sit in our pews and sit soaking sour and not want to tell people about Jesus, that's on you. But when I stand before Jesus Christ one day when I die, I don't care how you have my funeral. I don't care if there's flowers there. There can be banana pudding there. I don't care because I ain't there no more. But when I stand before Jesus Christ, I want to know and hear these words, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't want him to remind me that you sat in that pew for year after year after year and you did nothing. Here's what it could have been. I don't want that. I want to give my life to be an example of what Jesus has done in it, what he's done through my family, what he's done through my, my friends, whatever it may be, I want to be an example. And the only way to do that is to submit to Jesus Christ. To submit. And so when, when, when we think 
of what we are doing, we've got to realize who we're doing something for. Are you living for yourself this morning? Or are you living for Jesus? I told you it was super short. Hopefully, this morning, you can, during this time of invitation, you can just come and do business with God. I'm not going to interfere with what God's doing across this nation. Because I'm encouraged every day when I wake up and I see more and more revival starting. More and more people sharing. More and more people going on mission trips. More and more people just showing the love and being the hands and feet that God's called us to be. Whatever it is in your life this morning that you're hanging on to, maybe it's some things that you've done in your past. God forgives. Maybe it's some financial trouble or something. Give it to God. And let Him figure it out. He created us. He knows every hair on our head or lack thereof. He knows it all. Come to Him this morning and do business with God. Let's pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, I thank you so much for this day. Lord, I don't know why you chose this passage this morning. I don't, I don't understand how you do things, but Lord, you do. And Lord, I pray this time of invitation that we have, Lord, it would be a time that we could reflect on our own life and Lord, we could leave our comfort zones from where we're sitting in those pews today and just come and do business with you. Lord, it don't matter how old we are, how young we are, Lord, you meet us right where we are. And so Lord, I pray this morning that you would just move and work during this time. Lord, that you would have your will and way and Lord, that you would prick the hearts of those that are hardened and Lord, that you would just move in, in this church and Lord that that Lord revival can start right here. It doesn't have to go out and uh, be elaborate with big preachers and, and, and big singers. Lord, it can start right where we're at. So Father, I ask you to just move and work during this time this morning. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Shame I pray. Amen.